Welcome to Jews Taekwondo Podcast. Good morning. Today uh, we have Master Malafide from New Jersey. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, sir. Good, thank you. Great. Understand, Master Wheatley was out in um, Philadelphia. Was it Philadelphia? Uh, no, we had him out in East Brunswick, New Jersey. Somewhere on the East Coast. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Central New Jersey. Did you host that, or was it did someone else? Host that was a yeah. So that was co-hosted between uh, myself and Christopher Albanese, a fourth degree uh, black belt within the USITF, and so we co-hosted the event together. And you also had a black belt mm-hmm. test, right? We did. We had a, a black belt grading on Friday night. Uh, we had. Mr. Christopher Liesa successfully grade for sixth don. We had a couple of people for fourth dons and then a couple of other uh, degrees in there as well. So it was very successful grading. And then following the uh, grading the next day, we had a seminar on the seminar side of things. We had an hour reserved for fourth degree and above uh, where we covered, uh, if not advanced patterns, definitely teaching basically some teaching hints and suggestions of black belt patterns, you know, once people reach the fourth degree level um, and are more involved in teaching some of the first through third Don patterns. So we went through teaching hints and suggestions. Uh, And then we also had a three hour general seminar for all rank. Talk a little bit about that um, teaching hints. What do you mean by exactly what (laughs) you mean by that? Is it specific details of the pattern or is it more like, um, teaching um black so i I mean it would definitely be both it'd be from you know uh if we picked a pattern that we spent a decent amount of time on like pawn for example just going through how to teach some of the movements the applications behind the movements to ensure that students understand the application of movements before moving on in a pattern and then also just the flow of movements, so the the speed of a pattern. Of course, we know that motions could be broken down to, you know, whether they're continuous motions or fast motions, but how to put the pattern together uh, as a conductor would put it together, so to say. And so some of the hints and suggestions just in regards to performing improvement uh, or, or performance enhancement, improvements in regards to certain ways that people may be teaching a particular technique, some of the just conceptual ideas of theory of power, but as executed in the various techniques, especially when you have a lot of speed changes uh, within a, you know, contained within a particular pattern, breath control, you know, starting to get into some of the things of the theory of power, but just on that little bit uh, of a higher level. So whether it was in regards to, you know, uh, concentration, breath control, mass, sine wave, how those things correlate in some of those patterns. And then what Master Wheatley also sees across the board, you know, in different areas, when people perform things differently, per se, just spread out or, you know, uh, even if it was online, like how he's seen certain things uh, performed and then questioning the why. Why would someone perform it this way? And why would that be, we don't like using the term incorrect, but why it might be better, better done in another way. So did you guys cover um, Paul Wan? We did. <laughs> There's a section. Uh, some people call it continuous and some people call it fast. How fast, did, uh, right. Yep. How did um, Master Wheatley cover that? Continuously fast. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, <laughs> the, I think uh, probably 
you know, fast motion is best, not with a long drawn out breath in between all six of the movements that are in the section that you're referring. So it wouldn't be a long, you know, something that's impossible for people to hold. So to move through the movements in a faster pace and obviously keep the breathing accordingly. So what was your overall take on um, the seminar? I know you've been to a lot of his seminars um, <laughs> and you bring him out all the time. So right. did you, and it's all good. You know, right. I think we can always learn something every time. What was your take? And I, I think, yeah, I think what you said there is really the key because when you attend a, a Master Wheatley seminar, it's going to contain things that probably done before. So a lot of the seminars start off just with the review of the different stances, even for white belt, going through even stances that you might find at the black belt level, but just looking at uh, the various stances and footwork. Uh, and I think that, you know, footwork has always been a good portion of Master Wheatley seminars, including uh, when we talk about another thing that you would see a lot uh, in a Master Wheatley seminar, which would be dodging. It could be stance work and it could be dodging as uh, some of the staples that you might find. And then we always talk about sine wave within fundamentals patterns. From there, I think some of the specialty seminars might fall more in line with things specific to sparring, where we might do prearranged sparring or free sparring, the breaking if we were going through destruction, kind of hit the nail on the head and seeing that there's this base, you know, knowledge or material that Master Wheatley is going to cover, stances, dodging, um, patterns, fundamentals. But there's always that one thing that gets put into a seminar that maybe you've not looked at in a particular way. I know the past uh, few seminars, we've seen a lot of work on uh, elbows. So a lot of, um, you know, front strike, upward strike, high strikes, uh, the difference between strikes and thrusts in regards to elbows. You know, you get at one of those seminars where you always kind of get into something where it says, oh, you know, that's a great way to look at it. And then again, from a teaching perspective, you always get a new, a new way to look at something. So uh, maybe it's a new visual cue. Maybe it's a new way that Master Wheatley's held something at a 90 degree angle. So you can see, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like. Usually you'll also get into the importance of instructors calling things correctly. And so, you know, that it's not enough just to say step forward and punch, you know, but that the instructor really has to be detailed in regards to, you know, step forward, obverse punch or reverse punch or angle punch or, you know, crescent punch. So that the instructors have to have a better command for the students to have a better uh, response in regards to what's being asked of them. Same thing in going through kicking, you know, Master Wheatley also we usually pick somebody out of the crowd and say, show me your best front snap kick. And, you know, somebody will, or they'll, he'll, he'll just say, show me your best front. And that person will do the, you know, the front snap kick that comes to mind when, when we hear that. And then Master Wheatley has a great way of circling that back around to that there are a lot of front kicks. And, you know, the importance of instructors, again, you know, front snap kick, front rising kick, the, this kind of thing. Also did a lot of in this pat in this last seminar, we did do a lot of uh, jumping. So a lot of jump kicks um, and the importance of stepping, again, bringing us back a little bit to the footwork. So in the beginning, we might have had footwork in stances. We had footwork in dodging. Now, when we were talking about uh, flying kicks, uh, the importance of the step during a flying kick and, and what the step could do for you.
So you always get the, the base amount of knowledge, but then there's always those one or two gems that you haven't heard before that are new tech takeaways. Yeah, no, Master Wheatley seminar is very detailed. And you, I think people can learn a lot from it. And then in the, uh, in the general session, just in picking people to come out and demonstrate fundamental movements uh, and to see how people uh, move, understand the application of the technique, to uh, see where power is generated in a particular pattern, to see why certain feet uh, or a certain foot needs to be sliding or stepping and why it wouldn't work with another foot doing the same technique, I think are important for, you know, obviously instructors to pass down to the students, but for the students may be able to see a different, see or hear a different explanation as to why we do what we do. Yeah, no, I've never um, seen any other seminars where Master Wheat, an instructor covers um, dodging, right. uh, stuff like that. The, some of the other right. detail stuff that, that General Che talks about in his encyclopedia, like the turning. <laughs> How many different ways are there oh, to yeah. turn around? <laughs> the turning from a walking stance. I love when he pulls somebody out and we go over the minimum of nine, nine different ways that we can turn. So, uh, and then he says, you know, when you, when you get that down, then you could talk to me about L stance and then you could talk to me about sitting stance or, you know, what are the different ways of the body to turn? Yep. Yeah. Did he cover that this time? Uh, not in this seminar, but I have done that with him before in the past. Yeah. So what other <laughs> Clockwise, that... counterclockwise, front foot, back foot, half step, full yeah. step, 180, <laughs> 360, jumping. So if people haven't been there, or even if you have, really, I think it's well worth going to it, no matter how many times you've seen it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I probably go to three to four a year with Master Wheatley and, and to the point of also assisting with some of the instruction. And I can probably give, you know, one of the seminars close to its entirety, but not necessarily with the same degree of not, I don't want to call it enthusiasm, but <laughs> is an infectious way of teaching, you know, to pull participants in, you know, and to reiterate even to those more hardcore you know, practitioners where we compete so much or, or where the big, you know, word today might be MMA or, or anything like this, Master Wheatley always going back to the purpose of, you know, Taekwondo training being to make the best human weapon that you could be and then engaging in the practicality, you know, for those people. And it's easy to spotlight, you know, kind of who's there because they're, I don't like using the term brawler, but there's somebody who likes to be a lot more physical in their training. And so it's not just about the, the people who are, are passively training in the art, but for the people who are, are kind of like myself that, that enjoy hitting or getting hit to actually see the, the, you know, the power and talking about becoming the best human weapon we could become. Yet at the same time, being able to completely uh, teach a positive motivation, uh, motivational class for students who you know, might otherwise not want to kind of go down that path. So Master Wheatley has a great way of kind of gauging what the audience looks like and uh, teaching accordingly. Well, how many people do you think that hadn't been to uh, his seminar before? Uh, at this last one, probably under 10. That have not. But, uh, and that have not been there. Oh, yeah. so everyone has. We'll usually average between 50 and 70 people for one of Master Wheatley's seminars. And there was probably, you know, maybe four or five, but definitely under 10. There were two new higher rank uh, students. Not quite sure. I, I know where one comes from out in Pennsylvania, but wasn't sure about another one. But they were uh, both uh, six degrees that came out to the seminar. Uh, Master Van Zyl and myself kind of gave up our spots online so that they could be up front to, to kind of absorb more, be more in it. 
you know, and, and, you know, Master Van Zyl and I might have walked around the room or helped or actually taken their place if we were doing the drills with them. But uh, I can tell that from where they were coming from, as far as their training backgrounds, to what to the material that Master Wheatley covered specifically for them and based on their performance that they had a lot of takeaways. So even from not being part of the USITF to be invited to uh, attend the seminar and then actually to walk away with those takeaways, I know for them was, uh, was pretty enlightening, you know, pretty eye-opening for them. Well, this is why we do this. And even do. at that level to see that kind of, you know, okay, here's a six degree who is understanding something now at the blue belt level for the first time. That's, yeah. that's impressive. So they're you know, not... I mean, it's impressive on the instruction side, not necessarily on coming in and not understanding why they were doing what they've done before. So are they new schools with the USITF? Uh, I, just checking I us out. believe, well, I believe, I think uh, probably one was a checkout and then one is somebody who, um, their teacher is in the USITF and they're probably in the process oh, of I see. Uh, joining and, and that kind of thing. So Sometimes you can see people like that that may not get the kind of detail that Master Wheatley covers in a seminar. You talk about mixed martial art and the emphasis is more like, um, I don't know, what, it, what would you say, more like fighting versus... Well, I think if we, you know, there's been a couple times where I've been asked to c compare on the MMA front and the you know, in the Taekwondo front or versus more quote unquote traditional right. martial arts. And I, and I think when we speak about MMA, that there's an automatic link to the, not necessarily the art side, but the physical side of the art MMA, you know, may tend to attract a certain type of person and not that that's a bad person. It's, you know, th this is just the way that it is that, that, that more uh, competitive or the, the that more kind of enjoy striking and hitting and, and not that martial artists don't involve that, but there could also be, and there is a, we could talk about the moral culture that traditional martial arts kind of also put into people at the same time. So not just being about the sport or combative aspect, which is very important, also more about the moral aspects of the art. I was sitting once with someone who said there are a lot of people who train in uh, Taekwondo Seoul, Taekwondo techniques, but not necessarily Taekwondo, talking about the art and living the moral culture. You know, when we talk about a set of tenets that we have or our student oath that we have, um, and, and then the different uh, philosophical pieces that give people uh, also an internal, not just an external uh, awareness, but also an internal uh, enhancement, you know, of awareness that way as well. So I think you talk about an art versus a sport when you talk about comparing. And, and you know, we could argue that Taekwondo and, you know, from the conception was a combination of a couple of different arts. If you talked about, you know, if there was aspects of uh, boxing or aspects of Hapkido kind of blended into, you know, the system, you know, stemming from uh, karate. But when you, when you look at that, it still became a, a superior system as far as fighting. But then we also had to go with it uh, an entire moral culture, which I don't think you find in MMA. I don't, you know, uh, there are a lot of benefits to MMA. I just don't think that, I think that the biggest piece that MMA would be missing is that foundation. And like you said, um, it's probably a certain 
group of people that want to do that on a regular basis. Not everyone's quite ready for it. Or right. Or, or in shape for it. I mean, you know, or, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of things there. The people who tend to be more involved in that, you know, tend to be in better shape, tend to be more competitive, tend to look for the harder aspects of the art uh, and not just the theory or conceptually or, you know, cultural wise or ethically, you know, how can, how can things be enhanced through study of, of a martial art or Taekwondo in, in particular? Cool. Maybe um, getting back to um, Master Wheatley's seminar, what other things that um, was a little bit different this time? Um, I mean, I would, I think, you know, pretty much covered it as far as some of the reinforced new elbow drills, some of the instruction that was given out to the fourth degrees and above in regards to teaching some of the earlier black belt patterns. Uh, that kind of spewed to Master Wheatley uh, expressing interest to me uh, the day after uh, the seminar in putting together a fourth degree and above uh, class, mm -hmm. which I think would be an excellent idea. I think that a, a lot of times, as much as we try and hit the advanced degrees in a seminar, it, you really have to look at the makeup of the seminar and cater to the participants and to know that there would be just a fourth degree class covering not just uh, the teaching aspects of teaching the lower ranking black belt patterns, but actually covering the higher ranking black belt pattern, uh, I think it would be a really great uh, seminar. So even if it led Master Wheatley to coming up with uh, uh, or putting down something in regards to a seminar specifically for international instructor rank and above, I think would be fantastic. So I don't know if that's anything new from uh, this last seminar, but even if it sparked the interest of coming up with that higher level coursework, I think would be a good thing. So, uh, and, you know, Master, we, we always also always reviews things that he saw in a grading the night before, some things that he would see in a grading prior to the seminar that he felt would need to be addressed by masses. Or if one person had a question on it, maybe everybody had a question on it. So I think that those areas of refinement, uh, and I think, also, you know, again, not new to your original question, but clarification is always good on, you know, on technique. So if you had been somewhere <clears throat> and at some point if we just took like a front strike with the elbow and you went to one seminar and basically they told you, okay, well, you're really bringing the person into you. So the elbow should be close to the body. And then you went to another seminar and somebody said, well, the elbow's really further away from you, so you're not bringing someone in, so the elbow should be further out. <laughs> I think the points of clarification help to understand, okay, well, this is the range that it's in. This is why it's where it is. If, it, if we didn't do that, we would switch to another technique. Um, you know, this is the target area for that. I think that those points of clarification help practitioners and teachers all stay on the same page. So you don't look at five different people and see five different uh, ways or variables of, of executing a technique. Yeah, he always likes to do or um, get three people up there and show a technique right. that looks uh, very similar, but yet they're different. Right. I'm yeah, always... and we've done that with we've done that with the angle punch, the turning punch, and the crescent punch. But we've also done that with you know the downward kicks and okay, kind of looks the same, but it's not really the same. Um, anyway, did you have anything else you want to ch chat about or 
I'm that bringing one. out Master Wheatley in March. I think March 9th. Maybe you can okay. come out and help him out or something. I'd, I would love to. I just know that we are planned already to go to Ohio in March with Master Wheatley. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I think so, it's the following yeah. week. <laughs> Uh, you can't so, have you can't have too much of Master Wheatley. You can't have cake and eat it too, but yeah, it would be great to get out there. <laughs> it would be great to get out there with both. If you could talk to Donna, my wife, and make yeah. that happen, <laughs> more power to you, sir. Now, when's the last time you've been out on the West Coast? Oh, uh, it's been a very long time. So, I mean, not counting Reno as the as the West Coast, it's probably been. At least twenty years 20 since years. I've been in California. Yeah, yes, sir. Oh my goodness. For California, Wait, for, for to... Reno, maybe shorter. But are you avoiding California? Is that what you're saying? No, sir. I mean, <laughs> it's wildfires, all the fires, earthquakes. <laughs> it's everything. <laughs> it's everything. Our new governor. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Have you seen mine? <laughs> no, I'm not even going down. There. No, I. I don't even know who your governor is. <laughs> Me neither. I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> Although I do know, <laughs> you know, I think. Well, uh, how about we end it here? Maybe we yes, can sir. do it again. Yep. Right. So, but you, you know, also have to bear in mind when it's out in the open like that, and you're always going to have someone mm -hmm. critique that, right? Oh, I, um, so, I mean, you know. I was watching a video, and he's like, he's really good. I mean, world champion for mm -hmm. sure. And you look at it and go, oh, his hand technique. The the fist position <laughs> he was like but mm -hmm. other than that i mean i mean everyone can pick something right and that's yeah i mean they get a ton of stuff i mean even from the last tournament even from like chris liesa you know he had a student compete in a tournament and uh they videotaped the competition and then he sent it to me and he said tell me why you know my son lost, lost. you know and it's like look i i'm not i'm not there i'm not it's not a, I, I think that go a lot talk, of times. The, go talk to the judge, the umpires. <laughs> you know, go talk to the judge. I'm not, I, I try and I never get involved in uh, judging sparring yeah. in competitions. This is between you and I. I don't believe in the rules. Yeah. So between you and I, if someone falls down, I don't believe I need to stop and issue a warning to someone for falling down. You know, I think. If it was somehow, you know, seemed to be falling down on purpose or it seemed to be malicious on somebody's side, that's different. But if two people clash and somebody happens to, like, get off balance, I don't think they deserve a warning for that. I I'm sorry. I just don't. I and so why would I put myself in a position where I'm going to be judging things that I don't believe in? You know, we talk about for the safety of the practitioners and so we talk about kicking in the back. You know, and the, and the back has become such a big target now. I mean, to me, I let that go. It depends on where it is. No, I don't think somebody should kick somebody in the spine. And I don't think if somebody was turned around and, you know, okay, they're showing that they're done and then somebody kicks them. I mean, th those things are clearly wrong. But if we're sparring and I'm in between your hip and your back, I'm not going to stop a fight for that. Right. I'm just not. So don't put me in the position to have to do that. Just don't put me in the position. I don't want to do it. I don't believe in those rules. I'm not going to call falling down. I'm not going to call kicking in the back. I'm not going to give people warnings for those.
and I'll keep people very safe has nothing to do with safety. It's just, I don't believe in those rules. So I think, yeah, it's hard for me to judge those. Umpire's a little bit different, I think. Well, I mean, it's, a, it's very subjective as to yeah, what's true. what and where's where. I mean, so we went to Tony Skinner's tournament. I told him straight up, Tony, I'll help you all day long in patterns. Don't stick me in a center ring for sparring. I'll corner. <laughs> I'll sit here. I'll sit here and I'll, oh, yeah, left, right, left, right, click, oh, two points, one point. Fine. But don't ask me to be the one like falling down, look at the, pa- okay, warning, you know, kick to the back, warning. Was this too much or too little to the to this? Oh, my gosh. You know, then, then they say in the rules, well, you don't have to touch the person to get a point. But then when you're not touching the person, nobody's scoring the point. So then why do you even say that that's a rule? You don't have to touch them. You come close, it's a point. But nobody's awarding those as points. So not true. <laughs> you know, control means nothing. So we had the incident where, okay, Tony pulls the – I'm. I, I did all the patterns and I'm doing center refing. I'm helping or I'm doing the side, you know, corner judging. And then uh, the, they pull the corner and he's like, Nick, can you take the center? And I'm like, Tony, I really don't want to do this. <laughs> and he's like, well, just, just take it anyway. And within five minutes of doing it, like, you know, three of their instructors were like, you're not calling these. Now, first of all, the people that they gave me to keep track of warnings or time they had never done this before ever so like if i looked at them and i said you know warning they wouldn't know what that meant now i'm keeping track in my head how many warnings did i give this person am i deducting a point do they know that do the umpires know that one of the umpires it was her first time umping probably 13 year old that had never done anything like this before i don't mind if they're 13 and they've been trained in it and they're aware and accustomed but when you tell me from the start oh this is my first time doing it and the panel tells me we've never done this before Mm. it's like you're putting me in the middle of this when i don't already want to do it so don't you know it uh don't you know it tony comes by like three rounds later and like i look at him as if to say are you replacing me and he said yeah i I have somebody coming in (laughs) i said great that guy came in i turned it over and the very next minute, two people got hurt and disqualified from the fight. And, and he was stopping the fight left and right, falling down, hitting the back. Okay, but then two people got popped, and that was it. I, I want no part of this. Yeah. Well, so. it sounds sounds like you just need more experience. You know, we do um, a monthly in-house competition, and um, I try to teach the black belts, you know, first dance, second dance to play those different roles so they understand a little bit better and if they make a mistake that's okay because it's just a little in-house competition that's that's right the main thing and so when they get to maybe a larger tournament that they have some experience i look at my students and they don't um you know it's i have a couple of people that go to the all of the tournaments that are around here you know, the local friends, my friend Brad's tournament, my friend Master Meanie's tournament. He's an SJ Kim uh, student. He, but, and they're right in my town or in the town next door. And, you know, there's a couple of different rules, but for the most part, it's all the same. Yep. But like I, my students don't train to spar like, oh, I hit him in the back. I'm going to get a warning. 
Mm. They just go, <laughs> you know, and then if I feel it's bad or unwarranted, you know, it's not like it's freestyle. I've never had anybody get hurt uh, in a class. I've never had a lawsuit, nothing, you know, knock on the wood here. Right. But uh, I don't train by those rules and I don't follow those rules in my own class. Right. So, and I'm not saying my kids run around kicking people in the back and falling down. They, they most certainly don't. We do, we do a lot of em, empty open hand sparring, you what know, is that? like no, no gloves. Like, so you can throw knife hand strikes and inward oh, strikes with the reverse knife hand in your sparring. I do that too. Without it's, gloves. Uh, is that what you said? Yep. And, yep. and you allow them to hit them, hit each other. I mean, it's very minor. I don't allow them to haul off on anybody. Again, nobody's got hurt. Yeah. In 30 plus years, I've never had, you know, ha had a problem. My students have, you know, they, they, they're accustomed to it. They execute good control. They, there's good camaraderie. It's not anger that way. And then, you know, obviously they spar harder when they have gloves on, but yeah. and it's not that I don't spar with gloves on. It's just, I, I do a, a couple of different things. I mean, we do a lot of ground stuff, fighting on the ground, like with gear on, with gear off. Right. Got to take people down from the ground. Like when somebody's standing over you, ready to kick you, what do you do? And again, it may not be in my section called sparring, but it is occurring while we're sparring. Right. right. So, and I don't, I, again, like I don't do that on the ground. Like if somebody's on the ground and they fell, they stay on the ground until they get up. And the person will be above them unless I stop it. But for the most part, it's, you, know, you get the more well-rounded, more self-defense oriented stuff. Yeah. That sounds more like a, a good drill for um, classwork. I think uh, inviting other people mm -hmm. to come in that uh, is not familiar with um, the level of contact or what mm -hmm. is expected. It may be a little bit more dangerous just because they, they're not used to that. They don't know the rules, yeah. I guess. I well, guess yeah, and I don't uh, – yeah, absolutely. And I mean, my students know the rules of the, yeah. the tournaments that they go into. And, you know, Is I that... have people that would be – that I would ha – I'd have no hesitation having people fight at nationals or whatever. They thought you know the rules. Those rules and... Anyway, uh, Master Malphite, thank you very much for um, All right. meeting up with me today. And um, Thank you, sir. Let's uh, try to do it again. Sounds good, sir.